You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hello and welcome again to another episode of the Screeners Podcast. This is April. And this is Chad. And that is it for tonight. It is just Woo-hoo. me and Chad. So That's all you get. Very, very special review tonight. We are going to be talking about our take on Ford v. Ferrari, which came out this past weekend. And then afterwards, we're going to do our top three racing movies. And uh, a lot of you pitched in on what your top three or what your favorite racing movies are. So we'll give some shout outs to just want to remind everybody to check us out on our social media channels on Facebook. It's the Screeners Podcast on Twitter. It's at Screeners Cast. And be sure if you get a chance to leave us a review on whatever channel that you listen to us on, uh, Apple, iPod, Google, Spotify, all the things, we would love to hear from you. And we are always welcome your feedback. Hey, Uh, April, before you go, did you say iPod? Are those still, is that still a thing? You said iPod. I was thinking Apple and podcast app and it said iPod. I mean, I, I hear you, but you know, Apple, yeah. everything old is new again. Maybe there's a new iPod, you and I've just I missed it. You know, I still have my iPod, but I don't know where the charger is, so that's problematic. It's like the original one, like the the yeah, video, like, like my or, the big fat white one. That's oh yeah, like only music. Uh, well, if you have one of those, please leave us a review on your iPod. <laughs> that would be awesome. Anyway, yeah, thanks thanks for keeping me humble, Chad. All right, well, before I say anything else stupid, let's just dive right into our review of Ford v. Ferrari. And that's it, folks. Ferrari wins the 24 Hours of Le Mans for the fifth consecutive year. Mr. Ford, Ferrari has a message for you, sir. What did he say? He said Ford makes ugly little cars in ugly factories. And uh, he called you fat, sir. We're gonna bury Ferrari at Le Mans. So the great Carol Shelby is gonna build a car to beat Ferrari with a Ford. Correct. And how long did you tell them you needed? Two or three hundred years? Ninety days. (laughs) And that is from the trailer of the new film from James Mangold, Ford v. Ferrari. It stars A-list actors Matt Damon and Christian Bale reenacting a dramatic version of the true story of the 1966 Le Mans, as well as all the surrounding events of Ford versus Ferrari, like the title says. It's getting a lot of critical acclaim. It sits currently in, I believe, at about a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. For top critics, users are even higher at a 98%. So to say that this is a crowd pleaser is accurate. It had an excellent weekend at the box office, opening to a very strong $31 million and winning the weekend substantially over Midway and Charlie's Angels. And it's safe to say that this, prior to its release, this was a film that was getting lots of Oscar buzz around Best Picture, possibly performances as well. I know that in my Oscar prediction wager, I had this as one of my dark horse picks. Tonight, we're going to talk about if it lives up to the hype, not just as a crowd pleaser, but one step further, and does it actually warrant some awards consideration? So, April, I am curious what you think about James Mangold in general, because he was a unique choice for this kind of a story. This is kind of a throwback story, a classic racing tale, if you 
will. Uh, and Mangold is known for his subversive takes on genre. He did The Wolverine, he did Logan, he did Walk the Line. So I'm just curious, are you a fan of his in general? And then what did you think of Ford v. Ferrari? Yeah, so I def- there's definitely films he's done that I'm a fan of. I wouldn't say that I necessarily like look forward to the next James Mangold film, uh, but I don't have a problem with him either. I yeah, I, I I was interested to see how this would how the film would come out, you know, especially because Logan especially is a, such a different type of superhero film that he did. So yeah, so Ford v Ferrari I I think lived up to a lot of the reviews. It's it's a very good film. It's very well done. It's got a great ensemble cast. It's it's got some comedy. It's got some obviously melodrama, and it's it it has a kind of an old classic Hollywood style feel to it uh, kind of your all-american dream underdog story that they used to make I, I I haven't really seen a film like this in a while so it has a little nostalgia to it even though it's new and uh, yeah I, I really liked it it this the racing scenes I think they got a little repetitive because I'm not a, a race car fan uh, in, in any sense of the word. If I had any negatives on it, it would just be I thought it was a little long. It's at two and a half hours. And so for me, it, it dragged, no pun intended, a little bit in moments. Um, <laughs> and uh, But yeah, but overall, I, I, it's a really good film. It, it's hard for me to, to really say anything super negative about it. I, I have some qualms with it here and there because it, it is a great film. I, I don't I'm not fully on board with the Best Picture nominee. I think it's a really good film, but I went into it knowing it was getting Oscar buzz, and it didn't blow me away like most Oscar-nominated films do in the Best Picture category. So we'll see how it how it does. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it got the nomination, but I'm not on the the big bandwagon for for that happening. So what did you think? Okay, so it sounds like you're mostly positive, but not quite to the level of Academy Award worthiness. Okay, I am a bigger fan of Mangold for sure. He is a director that uh, if I see that he is going to direct it, it's a must-see, just sight unseen. There's a podcast called The Q&A. And it is a, a fantastic podcast about screenwriting where you get a full in-depth interview, usually a 45 minute to an hour plus of interviews with the screenwriter of any number of films. And they really break down the process of making movies and they get philosophical about why writers write. And there is the one with James Mangold about Logan is one of my favorite hours of podcasts, mm. film related listening that I have ever listened to. And if you can find this and, and you can, it's the Q&A, it's a very popular podcast. Find that and listen to that episode. If you care one iota about filmmaking or the process of filmmaking or why this director does what he does, it is wonderful. So I'm going to agree with you, April, and say that I am also having a hard time crossing the finish line. See what I did there? Um, Into thinking that this is best picture worthy. I do think there is an outside shot, maybe at some performance mm-hmm. nominations for sure. I think Matt Damon as Carol Shelby and Christian Bale as Ken Miles 
are really, really fantastic. I also think Tracy Letts as Henry Ford II is really good without being, I mean, he borders on cartoonish a little bit, but he has a really, really, I think, powerful scene in the middle that we'll talk about when we get into spoilers. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just really like this cast a lot. I also think Catriona Balfi, her, her turn as Molly Miles, Ken Miles' wife in this, is really understated, but she has... A couple of perform, a couple of moments in this this film that I thought were very human and grounded all of the testosterone that was around her in a really real way and and proved her emotional heft uh, equal to her husband's, which I think is it was a beautiful performance. And so I, I, I'm back and forth on this because it's obviously very well made. The cinematography mm-hmm. is awesome. It's a it's a film shot in the 60s. It looks and feels like it is in the 60s. I'm not sure if it was shot on film, but it wouldn't surprise me if it did. They use a lot of sunset yeah. takes or a lot of glamour shots with lens flares and into the sun. And, and it really does, April, you're right. It feels like a throwback to an old studio kind of film, but with a little bit more modern sensibility related to the character's home life and some of the internal struggles that they're going through. Overall, I'm very positive on it. I like it a lot, but I also agree that at two hours and 32 minutes, this is probably about 25 minutes too long. And a lot of it, believe it or not, in a movie like this, that's about racing. I think a lot of it is is in that the racing stuff is too long. And that's interesting because it's shot with great skill. Mm -hmm. There are lots of just really fantastic tracking shots and exciting cuts. The the editing of this film is another thing that could possibly get an Oscar nomination as well. The editing is pristine, especially in the racing shots. I do think, though, overall, this movie is... It's interesting because it explores the themes of of this male friendship Mm -hmm. uh, through the lens of what it was like in the 1960s, you know, when men were men and we had to go to the moon and build cars and challenge ourselves. And it has that kind of milieu while at the same time showing this lens of fighting the corporation the big bad evil corporation that is trying to uh to to hold us down and to use us in ways that only benefit the corporation so it does have some interesting things that it is exploring i think we get a lot of time with christian bale's character for his home life but i was kind of disappointed that i didn't feel like we got as much time with matt damon's character outside of the racetrack did you notice that was that something that you saw I feel like they opened it up. They opened the film with Matt Damon and you kind of feel like he's going to be your main protagonist. But then it kind of they kind of just keep him. He only shows up when you really need him. And they really focus more on Christian Bale, Ken Miles character, which it was it was kind of interesting because you still feel like Matt Damon's your main character. But yeah, they didn't really dive into his home life. Like we don't really know anything about him other than no. he was a racer that started his own car manufacturing company. Yes, it is interesting that they chose to make the decision to spend more time. You have Ken Miles' son, who P- Peter Miles, played mm-hmm. by Noah, is it Jupe, who admires his father mm-hmm. and is just wanting his attention and to be, and he's not a neglectful father by any means, but he idolizes his father and just wants to be a part of his world. And I really enjoyed that yeah. relationship as well. One thing that I thought though is interesting is you really, this film is called Ford v. Ferrari, 
but you really could call this Ford v. Ford yeah. uh, because we, we learned very early on that once the, once the stakes are laid out there, and I don't think it's a spoiler to say that this is a, it's about Ford competing against the Ferrari company for the 1966 Le Mans race, which has been dominated by Ferrari and never won by an American car company. But very soon it turns to internal strife with the company Ford and their desire to work everything through their marketing lens to help sell cars versus the the raw spirit of Damon and Christian Bale's characters, Shelby and Miles, who just want to do whatever it takes to win the race. There's a, a nice speech in here where Shelby's character says there are some people that if you get to do, you know, what you love to do, you'll never work. And then there are some people that do what they have to do or mm-hmm. it will consume them. Um, and that's really the epitome of these two characters. This film is really about two two people that are consumed with something that they just have to do yeah. uh, because it is who they are. One other thing that is great about the film is that the story itself is just fascinating. I didn't know any of it really until the movie. And then I, I looked up. I researched it after the fact, and I'll, and it was pretty accurate what they did in the film from what I could tell. So that that in and of itself was just very interesting. Yeah, it really is a very cool story. And let me ask you this, and we'll unpack this obviously in spoilers a little bit, but this film is exciting in the blocking, the composition of the race. Uh, it, it, it's a beautiful portrait of friendship. It is a people versus the man kind of uh, rallying cry, but it also very much moved me in a in, in a couple of places that hit me out of nowhere. Very surprising. I'm wondering, April, did 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 it work for you? And you know what scene I'm talking about. We can get we can talk about it in in spoilers. But um, did that work for you at all? Did this move you in any way? It did. I don't know if it moved me in the same way that it moved you though, because oh. I don't want to go into spoilers. But teaser. Yeah, all I, right. don't, I don't know. We'll We'll have to see about it. I will say okay. it took me a couple minutes to get used to Christian Bell with a British accent. Yeah. Did it? Did that affect you? It, yeah. It, it was. It was surprising. And uh, just as a total sidebar, but I don't know that I've ever seen a movie that Christian Bale's been in where he actually uses uses his own voice or his normal body. Yeah, or his normal body. <laughs> I really grew to appreciate his performance the longer that it went. I mean, this yeah. guy is just a magnificent actor. But Matt Damon holds his own. I think he really does. His version of Southern, not that I would know anything about that, his version yeah. of a Southern accent is a little bit exaggerated. Yeah, <laughs> but but he does he does a great job holding his own with that with yeah. that particular well, character and as well. Mail too um, actually had some comedic moments, which was fun because normally he kind of plays the more brooding, serious character. Yeah. So it was nice nice seeing him play a more not that it was lighthearted but he had some comedic parts that were fun absolutely well let's do this april we need to jump into spoilers so that we can uh, talk about some of the scenes in the film and and what worked for us and maybe what didn't work but before we do let's make our recommendations so would you recommend that people see this in the theater should they pay and rent it is it rental worthy should they wait and stream it on a service that they already have like netflix or amazon or should they skip it altogether what do you say Despite my hesitations on being a best picture nom, this is absolutely picture or theater worthy. It's yeah, it's a great film. So you should definitely see it in the theaters. I agree. It is a hundred percent theater worthy. It is a 
it's a first class production from top to bottom, from the performances to the craft uh, on display to the editing, the sound design. I mean, I really do think this film, and I hope it does, I'm, <laughs> because I picked it for one of my dark horses, <laughs> but I really do think this film could pick up several tech nominations for sure, and yeah. maybe a performance nomination along the way. And so it is definitely theater worthy. And with that, let's move to spoilers for Ford v. Ferrari. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars? You want to know how I got them? There's so many places it would never occur to a hawk to hide. However, the reason the Führer's brought me off my house in Austria and placed me in French cow country today is because it does occur to me. In the dream, I knew that he was going on ahead. He's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there in all that dark and all that cold. And I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. And then I woke up. Okay, April, let's talk about this moving moment that maybe didn't move you in the same way. So what do you think that I'm, what scene do you think I'm talking about? Well, I'm assuming, are you talking about when Ken Miles dies? With the car explosion at the end? No. Yes and no. Yes and no. So for me, there were two places where where I was really moved. One, and this was the one where I was talking about was really unexpected, was when Ken Miles tells his wife that he – there's a section in here where – he is, they've lost all of their possessions. The IRS mm. has locked up their garage, this whole thing. He says, I'm just going to get old and fat, but I'm going to go get a day job and provide for our family. And like any family where someone works in racing, it's sad, but it's also a relief because you don't have to worry about them being in an accident. Mm-hmm. She then sees Carol Shelby's character come over, pick him up to go look at a car in the middle of the night. And so they, they are having this conversation uh, Ken Miles and his wife Molly the next day and she starts racing down the, the highway in a great scene I love this scene she's mm. flying and Ken Miles is, is getting scared because he's worried she's going to wreck and then when they stop she turns and has this really beautiful and emotional powerful moment where she says I just don't want you to lie to me mm. and she breaks down in tears and it was just a very real moment in a relationship that I could see happening and I, I just I was really moved by that moment now obviously when we get to the very end mm-hmm. we do learn that Ken Miles after the Le Mans race died while testing um, a car yeah it's set up early earlier in the film by Phil Remington who's played by Ray McKinnon who's one of the the lead garage guys there on the team he has a conversation when Ken Miles has a, a, a wreck testing earlier and it's this whole thing about Uh, fire uh, retardant suits and how as long as he's wearing the suit he tells his son he'll be okay and then he said but sometimes they don't get out Mm-hmm. And that's when they're not okay. Um, and then you get this scene at the end where Shelby comes back and he's standing outside their house. He's standing outside of the Miles house and his son comes up and they have a conversation where he's uh, Shelby's character played by Matt Damon is obviously shaken and he's fighting back tears. And his son just says he was your friend. Right. And then he says, yeah, he was my friend. And I thought that was beautiful. So yeah. that did that not move you? Are you cold hearted, April? I, no, you, I. <laughs> Maybe the the doesn't well. So I was actually kind of surprised that they decided to end it in that way. It, it actually overall ends on a kind of sour note. Not only because he dies, but also 
Like, I don't know about you, but the main emotion I felt after the film was anger towards Ford. Like, I wanted to go punch a Mustang because I was so mad at how <laughs> they treated Kid Miles. <laughs> yeah, like, and I was really hoping that they would have put some kind of slide of of the, the Ford people that were real life people of like, they really made this decision and da 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 Or I mean, I, I went and Googled it and, and figured it out, but I was so mad at all the Ford people. Like he was just so mistreated and then to just die. Uh, and I, I think actually that's kind of a, a bigger problem that I had with the film is we really rooted for Ken Miles and we rooted for Carol Shelby, but I, we really didn't have a reason to necessarily root for Ford because they were like, uh, can I say douchebag? They were douchebags. Is that okay? You can. Okay, you they can. were douchebags, and there was. I didn't really care that Henry Ford II got his accolades or not, because he was an interesting character, but not necessarily someone that you liked. So anyway, that there's there's that. It, going back to the scene where the wife starts driving crazy, and then they have that that beautiful moment. I I liked when she they pulled over and they did have that conversation. That that resonated with me. But I actually thought that whole scene where she starts driving crazy was uh it seemed out of character for her just because there's no other place in the film where she just acts like that so for me it kind of took me out a little bit because I was like this is a little extreme I can agree with that I you know my only my only response would to that would be I think when I think they've established that she's kind of the emotional grounding to that relationship. Yeah. And I think that in the times where you're pushed to the edge, Mm -hmm. that you actually go all the way to the edge. And she probably had never done anything like that before, but fit, but had had enough. But (laughs) but again, the only thing that she made that made her freak out was her seeing him go with Matt Damon or with Carol Shelby like one time. I mean, I could, I could understand maybe her reacting that way if there were a series of lies, but it was just the one for me. Yeah, I understand. I I get you. I don't think for me, I didn't take it that she, that she was mad just because he lied about mm. going out with him. I think it was the bigger thing that at this point they had had the life altering discussion of, I will no longer do this thing. And right. then he felt like he had to sneak away because he wasn't truthful about that conversation. Yeah. I don't think it was him sneaking away. It was husband and wife. We sit down and we say, we're doing this thing now for the rest of our lives. But he didn't really mean it. Yeah. And I, um, and I get her frustration and I understand the emotion. I just didn't fully buy into that she would recklessly drive over it. But. Maybe, maybe yeah. not. I mean, she. We also didn't really dive into her character a whole lot, anyway. That's true. So. That is true. April, it's it's kind of the same emotion that you would have if I don't know somebody that was close to you, maybe your husband Beecher, would say something as ludicrous as Breaking Bad isn't one of the greatest shows ever. I mean, you would literally <laughs> run him off the road, right? Am I right with this? I feel like I am. I mean, I, I only like I saw am. the first and last season, so. Uh, I don't know Beecher, that I would is, have that reaction. <laughs> I think you would. I think you would. I think I think the world is having that reaction right now. Think, just me I saying that. I think you're having that reaction with Woo! what I told you about it. I just, but. Beecher, I just don't want you to lie to me. I just don't <laughs> want you to lie to me. Okay, Beecher, come on this podcast. It's time that we have a oh, retrospective on Breaking Bad. Himself. Come defend yourself, sir. So, <laughs> anyway, so how? So let's talk very quickly about the last scene mm-hmm. did that did that work for you because it, it it was it danced on the line of being a little too on the nose a little too sentimental but I think overall it was a really sweet scene and it worked for me did it work for you yeah yeah no I, th- I thought that was that was a really sweet 
scene. I have no qualms about it. Yeah, I don't really have like strong opinions one way or the other. It was it was emotional. I didn't really connect emotionally as much as uh, I feel like maybe a lot of people would. And I don't know if I don't know why. I just didn't really connect with it emotionally other than anger at Ford. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that was that was the takeaway. That is was you the are takeaway. Kicking, I'm like, really, I'm sorry, you're punching I'm, a Mustang. <laughs> I am ticked off at Ford. Let me tell you. I do think that as we wrap up that a lot of people you could go in and just be greatly entertained by the the action and the story of these guys trying to win these races. But for those of you that don't care really much about racing, I don't think that you have to. There are a lot of rich thematic things here that can be mined as well as top-notch editing and sound design and some really fine performances overall. So anything else, April, that you want to talk about? Any scenes that you liked or didn't like before we move on to our top three? Uh, no, there's no other specific scenes I want to talk about. Um, overall, it's it's a really good film. Uh, there's a, a few negatives, but um, overall, it's still really, really solid. I agree. It is really solid, and you should see it. And speaking of really solid racing films, now let's move on to our top three. Three, two, one. The top three. Today, we are going to do our top three favorite racing films um and chris isn't here to butcher the what what the meaning of a racing film is or the word film yeah (laughs) yeah um so anyway yeah so be real quick so chad we'll just start with you so i'm not starting with myself what is your third favorite racing film well, this list was interesting, and I, I had not realized. It's one of those things, April, you, you'll experience this as you get older, but as you get older, you don't realize how old you are. <laughs> and so as I began to search for racing films, it, I realized that as a child and up through my early teenage years, I watched a lot of racing films that I'd completely forgotten about, but at one point in my life had loved dearly. Mm. So when we get to our honorable mentions, I'm going to have some picks that a lot of our listeners are going to have to go Google. My third favorite is one that it, it is an older an older film, but it's a movie that was actually shot in the town where I grew up, a small oh. town. It's a small town then when I grew up there it is now quite large and has been uh, completely subsumed by Atlanta but it's a town called Buford Georgia it's where the mall of Georgia is it's Mm. very close to uh, to to the Atlanta area but in 1982 in the uh, in the town of Buford Georgia portions (laughs) of it anyway a film starring Kenny Rogers and Diane Lane was shot called Six Pack car driver, mister? Uh, used to be. Might have been again if I hadn't run into you guys. He's Brewster Baker. A dirt track demon whose racing career was going in reverse. Until he ran into six pint-sized grease monkeys. Hey, turn it over! Hey, bro, what do you pay your crew with? All day, sucker? <laughs> Kiss off, mister. They're determined to help him. All clear? In their own special way. What did you do to the car engine? Carol, I love this movie so much. I have probably watched it 50 times. I'm sure it's terrible. I haven't seen it in years and years and years. But 
six pack it is. And if any of our six listeners pack. out there know where I can see this movie, I would love to see it. It's Kenny Rogers wow. and it's called Six Pack. So you're welcome. You're welcome. I'm old. So you don't know how old you are, April. You'll you'll get there one day. Well, yeah. So my mm-hmm. <laughs> my uh oldest film in my top three for reference is nineteen ninety four. So disgusting. Yeah. Anyway, actually, I was going to do an older one, but it's, I have a few older ones in my old mention. But anyway, so um, my third is uh, a comedy and it's Rat Race. What? I, I did love... not think it was going to be Rat Race when you said comedy. That's great. Yeah, I love Rat Race. It is one of those films that I've just watched so several times over and over and it's stupid but it is so funny so so funny that's awesome yes great pick yes so what is your number two racing film my number two is one that i did not expect to be on my my list but when i was comparing everything on my list it was one of those things that i just could not deny the power of the movie even though it's more of a of a recent one, and that is Rush, and it's it's also one that's based on a true story from the from the nineteen seventies arrival between Formula One drivers, and this movie was in my top ten of that year. It's thrilling. I, this is another one that you don't have to like racing to enjoy this film. So mm-hmm. I would strongly suggest Rush. It is it's got Chris Hemsworth, Olivia Wilde, uh, Daniel Brühl. It's really 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 excellent movie and a lot of people haven't seen it because it's Ron Howard and for whatever reason Howard has kind of fallen into this weird stage as a director where people are dismissive of his work even though he's done some magnificent work and this is really great so I, I would suggest seeing it if you haven't I have not so I will have to yeah. see that yeah um, that's great yeah uh, all right well my number two I'm also I'm just staying in the lane huh of comedy and this is <laughs> this is probably the one you thought i was going to say last time but it's talladega nights there it is the ballad of wreck and bobby <laughs> i mean it's so classic yeah so oh fun fact the red-headed little boy in the film who's all hyped up on or jacked up on mountain dew he is one of my husband's film students so i know him now that's awesome. I know. Yeah. He's a super cool guy. He's awesome. Yeah. That's Grayson Russell is his name. A little shout yeah. out. Awesome. All right. So dun 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 to our number one racing film. What's your number one, Chad? Yeah, I'm people are gonna make fun of me over this one and I don't care. I don't I don't care. I'm a little embarrassed, <laughs> but I don't care. And my number one racing film, if I'm completely honest with myself, is Speed Racer. I know that people hate this movie. I know that they think it's terrible. It's got Emil Hirsch. It's got Matthew Fox. It's directed by the Wachowskis. And I love this movie. I loved it when it first came out. I think it is a perfect comic adaptation. I think the racing is inventive and thrilling. And the action is unique using the using the vehicles and the racetracks as they do it's turned to 11 for sure uh, and over the top but i think for what it is trying to be it is the best version of that kind of outlandish cartoony action and every time i watch this movie i'm thrilled i love it i don't understand why people don't like this movie so i know that people are gonna they're gonna hate on me for this pick 
but I stand by it. 2008 Speed Racer. Wow. You, you know, I actually haven't even seen that film, and you gave it the best review I've ever heard. So I love it. Maybe I, I should love it. check it out. I loved it. Okay. All right. All right. So Speed Racer, number one racing film for Chad. Um, yep. All right. Well, my number one, I'm staying in the comedy lane again. I this, I promise I have more sophisticated taste as well. Um, but my number one. Like Speed Racer. <laughs> touche. Touche. Is my 1994 The Little Rascals. Throughout history, men have formed secret societies based upon loyalty, fraternity, and one unbreakable rule. Now, one such institution is in serious jeopardy. You are so beautiful. The Little Rascals. Universal Pictures and Amblin Entertainment invite you to meet Alfalfa. Spanky. Well, yes. interesting pick. I know. I, I haven't seen that film in a while, so it might be terrible. But I grew up watching this film, and it is hilarious. The whole He-Man, woman-hating gang. That's awesome. awesome. The blur. Yeah. So that's my number one. Uh, Very good. Yeah. What are some of your uh, honorable mentions? We're going old school here. So I put this on my Facebook, and you you replied that uh, you had to Google it. <laughs> film called heart like a wheel yeah, <laughs> it's what does also that even mean? it's a true story about one of the she may be the first uh female drag racer it's and this movie was it came out in the 80s so i'm i'm sure because uh, it's been 30 years since i've seen it but it's a it's based on a true story and i absolutely adored it another movie which is a silly funny movie that has spawned some sequels cannonball run absolutely loved cannonball run burt reynolds are just so dumb and then another one that's not race cars but it's kind of that mad caper it's a mad 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 world mm. i love that film and that's still available as well to see out there so those are my old school picks and the ones that i used to watch as a kid what are your honorable mentions um i had much better films in my honorable mention as far as quality probably uh and that i had chariots of fire Sea Biscuit, mm-hmm. Ben Hur, Cars, the Pixar film. Absolutely. Um, and then one movie that you've probably never heard of is uh, Initial D, which is a Japanese movie with English subtitles huh. based on the I anime series of the same name. Very um, cool. Yeah. So I'm. Is that a is that a recommend from you? Sure. <laughs> I, I saw can, it when I was you seventeen. Find it? <laughs> I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. I, I literally forgot about it. I was asking my brothers tonight, what's your favorite racing movies? And they both were like, Initial D, because we spent a summer in Singapore, and this movie came out, and it was Japanese. We are like, oh, let's just go see it, and it's a racing film. But, awesome. But yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. I remember, like, I remember it, so that, that's something. <laughs> All right, well, we heard from some of you guys on what your favorite racing movie is. They had a Christina Albritton, who's my sister-in-law, said Seabiscuit or Cars. Uh, my husband Beecher said Saint Ralph. Um, mm, okay. Yeah, Dara or Dara. Dara said Rat Race is a guilty pleasure of hers. Same, same. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then Chad, someone said it's a mad, 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 mad world too. And oh, did they really? Yeah. And a, another right. Chad actually, Chad Madden said Speed Racer. Bam so in your face. Something with Chad. It's a Chad thing. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a, a Chad, Chad thing. thing. <laughs> um, yeah, Aaron Weatherford said Chariots of Fire slash Racing nice. Stripes. 
I have to be honest and say I did not even consider non-mechanical racing films. I didn't think of, you know, like track or oh. or, or horse racing. So that's my fault. But you got to think outside the box. I do, I do. But I was so excited to write down Six Pack and Heart Like a Wheel <laughs> that I just couldn't make myself pull. You away. know, I realized in looking up racing movies that I don't watch a lot of racing movies because all the main no. ones that came up, like I don't, I've never even heard of that. And like yeah. half the ones you mentioned, I have never heard of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, somewhat. So we got some Disney Channel produced some honorable mentions like Johnny Tsunami, Motocross, and Miracle <laughs> in Lane Two. <laughs> All right. Uh, someone, uh, Casey Whitaker says, does Gone in 60 Seconds count? Street Absolutely. drag racing for the win. Sure. Um, and the Smokey and the Bandit. Smokey so. and the Bandit. Yeah. Chad, did you get any responses? I did. Uh, Jacob Simpson wrote Ben-Hur. Uh, that's, I think, the second time we've we've had that. That was an honorable mention for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also had a Days of Thunder, which I thought, honestly, you know, Tom Cruise, I don't remember. I think I've seen that twice, but it's been a long time. I don't remember if that's good. Have you seen Days of Thunder? I have not. Another racing uh, film I have not seen. I mean, that was Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. I feel like it was probably not very good. And and Robert Duvall, who's always awesome. So, uh, But I feel like that was probably just kind of mediocre. Nathan Schwark said Rush. He's in agreement with me on number two. Uh, David McEachran said Bullet, which that's an old uh, throwback, which is awesome. Diane Glover, who's a longtime listener and supporter of the podcast, wrote Le Mans. Uh, from 1971 Hmm. I didn't I haven't heard of this film but uh, it's probably if it was in 71 it's probably around the events of Ford v Ferrari I would imagine Uh, although that could be totally wrong (laughs) so don't hold me to that Uh, and then Steve Bangham wrote Bobby Deerfield starring Al Pacino I haven't seen that have you seen Bobby Deerfield I have not I have not either. So, uh, but that's what I got. So, thanks everybody for your for your contributions. Those are some good picks. As always, if we'd love to hear your thoughts, if you'd like to get a shout out and participate in the conversation, and we'd love for you to, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com/screenerscast. You can find us on Twitter at screenerscast, and if you'd like to email us, you can email us screenerscast at gmail.com. So, join us next time when we'll have a fantastic double feature review of the Tom Hanks film A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood and Frozen 2. Can we let it go or find it again or whatever's going (laughs) to happen? It's going to be packed and we hope to see you there. Everybody have a good one. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.